0: Hello, my friends, welcome back to Believe You Are a Good Mom. I have a super special episode for you today. I'm very excited. I have Candace Noss here and she is my friend and she is a ball of sunshine. And I'm so excited to introduce her to you. So we'll just jump right in. Candace, tell us all about yourself. Oh, Emily, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. I am a
1: physical therapist and a life coach and a lifelong Christian. And I created a business called the Mind, Body, Spirit Trifecta. And I'm all about helping women learn to live with a mind that's firmly aligned, a body that's purposefully loved, and a spirit that's powerfully accessed. And it actually flows really well with you and your focus on parenting and being a good mom and dropping the war, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it's all about getting your mind, body, and spirit in alignment. Um, I. I have a body, love, weight loss program, a conquering confidence course. I speak and present all over the place and I do one-on-one coaching. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I just started a new podcast designed for greatness.
0: Yes. And it
1: is great. (laughs) Great podcast. (laughs) So, um, and then
0: tell us about your family.
1: I have six kids. Um, my oldest, I have a child in every level of school now. So I have one in college. I have two in high school one in middle school, one in elementary school and one in preschool.
0: Wow. So it
1: is the whole gamut here. And I'm so grateful for my little preschooler at the end because she fills me up with that love when all of my older ones um, think that I don't know a thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she still thinks you're awesome.
1: She still thinks I'm awesome. So thank goodness for her. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I love to coach moms of young kids because I feel like these tools are so like the earlier we can kind of wrap our head around them, then by the time they're teenagers or preteens or whenever it is that the kids don't think we're awesome anymore, then yes. we can believe that we are no matter what our kids think.
1: hundred percent.
0: That is the key right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So let's jump in and you can tell us more about that. Why is okay. that the key right there? Well, if
1: If you don't believe in yourself, then you can't do what you're sent here to be doing. I believe full fledged that we are all designed for greatness, that we have this beautiful spirit that's inside of us and that we are all children of God. And we have that divine DNA inside of us. And in order to activate that divinity, we have to have that belief that it's there and that, that we are amazing. And we're also a mess but we love ourselves anyway and we're a work in progress and no one's perfect, but we're doing the best we can. And, and we've got grace all along the way, but if we don't have that self-belief, we can't show up.
0: Yeah, just can't for sure. So of course we can talk about these things all day long. Cause you and I are both fired up about this. Um, one of the things, um, well, there's so many things, <laughs> Let's start with, so one of the things you said in your podcast, which I guess is like a phrase that people say, but, um, um our mess becomes our message. Right. So if you don't mind sharing some personal details, um, sure. let's hear about how your mess became your message and how you really believe this stuff. It's not just like words on a page that like, yeah, yeah, I guess I believe this. Like how yeah. did you really believe
1: it? Absolutely. So I have six kids. Um, I've been a physical therapist the whole time that I've been a mom. And after I had my, well, getting pregnant with my sixth baby, I knew I couldn't do it. I couldn't be a physical therapist. I couldn't be a mom. I couldn't be the wife. I couldn't be the daughter. I, it was just too much. I had to I had to let something go. So I was able to, to be done with my physical therapy. Like I quit that. And just be a full-time mom, which was my dream. It had been my dream forever to just be home with my babies. And I had my sixth baby and I should have been happy. I mean, I was home with my babies. Everyone was here. I felt like my family was complete. We had the dream home that I have hoped for and prayed for forever. And something was off. I was in this really deep, dark depression. I hated who I was. I couldn't figure out how to lose the weight that I had gained over six children. I couldn't figure out how to find who I really was. My life was all about them. And I I had lost touch of who I really was and what let what lights me up. And as I was in this dark, deep oppression, I realized that I was operating way below my potential. I was yelling at my kids. I was avoiding any place where I had to be in public, mainly because I felt so horrible about what I looked like in my body. I was ashamed. And it, it was like I was wearing these glasses that colored everything in a way that made me look horrible. And in my head was the worst self-talk you could ever imagine. It was so cruel. And I believed it. Hook, line, and sinker. All of it. Candace, you're a gross fat pig. Candace, no one wants to hear you. You suck. You're dumb. You're a horrible mom. All of it. And the problem is when you listen to that voice and you begin to believe it, when those you statements change to I am statements, it is devastating. We lose all of our power. And I was in this horrible place. And I uh, first I was able to access some gratitude, which opened my heart a little bit. And then life coaching is what I found and cognitive behavioral therapy. And I realized, it wasn't a problem with with my body trying to lose weight i'm a physical therapist how come i couldn't figure out how to lose weight right like come on calories in calories out exercise it wasn't working it was all in my mind it's because we have a mind a body and a spirit and we cannot just address the body without addressing the mind and the spirit or it's never going to work so once i figured out my mind i realized hey no wonder no wonder I am 60 pounds overweight. I've been listening to the wrong voice, buying into all the lies and the and the deceit and the distraction of Satan, the enemy. No wonder. It makes perfect sense, and it's okay. And I was able to get back my power. And once I did that, I knew I had to share my mess. I had to make it my message and share it with so many other women who I know struggle
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. I, I just love this notion of um, l- like, which voice are we listening to, you know? And so in coaching, what we do a lot is we help people realize what even the voices in our head are saying, because okay. they our thoughts are subliminal sometimes, like literally subconscious thoughts are driving us. And so to get those thoughts up out of the basement and like see them for what they are, that they're just a thought. It's just a a sentence in our head and that we don't have to believe that because you would never, ever, ever, none of us would ever talk to another person the way we talk to ourselves. And so to even get awareness of what those things are that we're saying to ourselves, because I think probably even in those days, I don't know, did you know that you were calling yourself a a big ugly pick.
1: No, I had no idea. And that's where, I don't know if you, if you mind, if I share this with you, when I found life coaching and I slowed it all down, I began brain dumping, Mm -hmm. which brain dumping is just, you take everything in your head and you just word vomit onto paper. Mm -hmm. This all the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And as I word vomited onto the paper, I kept noticing you statements You are dumb. You are stupid. You are gross and fat. You blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, I don't talk to myself in the second person. What, where are these thoughts coming from? And I realized that's not me. And as I learned about cognitive behavioral therapy and I learned about life coaching, I recognized the lower brain. That's where the natural man lives. And the higher brain that's where revelation and inspiration occurs and so if i'm operating for my lower brain i i'm listening i there's a possibility i'm listening to the wrong voice and um i became very very fascinated with the natural man and because i wanted to just stomp it (laughs) and get it out because it was not serving me and I I read in uh, Mosiah 3:20, 3:19 talks about how the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam. And that word "from," when I read it at that po- at that time when I was learning about my brain, it was like this big beacon, just like whew, from, because I always thought the natural man was just a part of who I was, but no, from the fall of Adam. The fall of Adam was when the natural man was born. So. When that happened and they partook of the fruit, it opened their eyes to a knowledge of good and evil. Well, they already knew good. So it opened their brain to the voice of the adversary that could push in evil. And that made all the difference to me because then I was like, well, no wonder it sounds like my own voice in my head. No wonder it's said in the words I would say, those thoughts are pushed through the filter of my lower brain. Mm -hmm. So it makes perfect sense, but I am not the source of those thoughts. And that made all the difference because thoughts aren't facts and
0: you can reject anything that doesn't serve you. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. so fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Cause um, if it's in the second person, right? Mm-hmm. You. 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 <laughs> you are not a you when you're talking to yourself. You're an I, right? right? And exactly. so exactly. So we gotta figure out what we believe about ourselves and make sure that it's our own voice talking to ourselves or our heavenly parents or Jesus Christ or somebody telling us the truth about who we are and they don't do it with that accusatory you 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 no. we no. can feel the peace and and confidence that comes from knowing who we are that I am I love that once right. you realize that your you statements were turning into I am statements so maybe it's you know the adversary in our brain maybe it's some jerk face outside of you that like <laughs> you know because, kids say rude things you know they feel big emotions and then they say a bunch of stuff and so right. like if one of my kids says to the other one you're so stupid or something like that you know then that's you know but then when that child like internalizes it instead right. of someone called me a uh, an ugly fat baby you know like and then I believed it then mm-hmm. it turns into I am and so my whole message is that like, we can on purpose believe things that do serve us, like you said. And when we believe that we are good, it's who we are at our core. Yes. I mean, what else are we going to do, but live up to that, you know, because when we tell ourselves lies, I'm dumb, I'm a mess, I'm not put together, I'm not as good as my neighbor, I'll never be as awesome as my sister, I, 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 and we believe those things, then what result are we going to create? So we can on purpose, believe things that are the result that we want. Exactly. Even before we believe that we're that we create it by believing it. Mm -hmm.
1: It's, it's a tragedy when those you statements become I am statements. And if you understand the model where your thoughts create your actions and your action, your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create your actions, your actions create your results. Well, one of the adversary's biggest tools is shame. He'll feed you thoughts all day long that land you in shame, and from shame, what are your actions? Nothing powerful, right? Yeah. 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 I like to. Oh, go ahead. uh, Oh, sorry, I'm just going off here, Uh but I like to give an analogy. My daughter, who is now at Utah State. So excited for her, but she put diesel in our four-wheeler.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. And diesel is a horrible fuel for our four-wheeler. It, it went for a second and then it totally shut down. We had to siphon out the gas and change the filters and it was awful. Uh, but it was such a powerful analogy to me of what happens when we run our life off those frequency emotions like shame. Yeah. It's like diesel in the four-wheeler. Mm-hmm. It will shut us down, prevent us from what we're meant to do here.
0: Yeah yeah so in your um second episode of your podcast that just came out you yes. talk a lot about shame and the main thought that I was having that I wanted to chat with you about is that because you mentioned not shaming our kids right so this yeah. is just one of the very very many things that I've heard from parenting experts that just makes me feel even more shame <laughs> right <laughs> and so because we well, all do it
1: I, it's, yeah. jerk. it's that yeah. little
0: brain driving man yeah, yeah. And when emotions are high, logic is low, we're in our lower brain, your house full of toddlers, they don't even have prefrontal (laughs) cortex developed yet to like bring that in. So we're all just a a mess running around. But um, I just was thinking that like, when we're shaming ourselves, it's so much easier to shame our kids too. Cause it's True. just like that lens you were saying, we just have like a shame lens on there's something around with me there's something wrong with them. Why can't they just behave so that I can feel good about myself. And then I'll know that I'm a good mom and then I'll show up as a guy. no, like all of that is a lie. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your kids. And it doesn't matter which one you start with, like whichever one is easier to believe then start nurturing that belief that there's nothing wrong with your kids.
1: Yeah.
0: And that'll help you not quote unquote shame them but the reason you're shaming your kids is probably because your your own voices in your head are shaming yourself too. hundred percent. So if you can tackle one or the other, it'll just help both of them because you cannot be beating yourself up about beating up your kids, no. know, like shaming your kids. It like it's just a big sticky mess of mud of shame. There's, it's right. just, and that's where grace
1: is the that's powerful, true. magical ingredient that allows it to shift into love. Um, One, one thing I feel like I have a threefold purpose. And one of the purposes is to help people learn to love God, to love themselves and to love others. And you think of the two great commandments, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that as yourself piece, sometimes people leave it off or even forget it. But if you, if you're not loving yourself, then you can't love your neighbor. Right. If you're not loving yourself, then you can't give your kids the best of you and fully love and accept them until you fully love and accept yourself. That's why it's so important to do the work on ourselves first. And like you're saying, when our kids are little so that by the time it gets really difficult in the teenage years, we're good with us so we can really be
0: so much more effective. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and of course, everything I was thinking is gone now. But um, but yeah, so so how do we actually do that, right? Yeah, yeah, I love myself. Yeah. Don't shame my kids, don't shame myself. So that grace, that's where it was. Um oh yeah. sorry, that's my kids underneath me. <laughs> They're in the room underneath. I was like, what are these voices I'm hearing? <laughs> I'm hearing voices in my head. Okay. <laughs> So the grace that we give ourselves, the thought that helps me tap into grace is, yeah, I'm a human, you know? And perfect. so when we know who we are, like our divine identity, our divine DNA, right? Right. It's who we actually are. And we're in this life. And the natural man is a part of the whole plan. Like right. we are we're humans. not meant to do it alone.
1: We're not meant to be perfect. Yeah, that's. That's the whole key. I think sometimes people beat themselves up for not being perfect. And that's exactly how it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah. we're not meant to Even be if we've wrapped our head around, we're, okay, yeah, yeah. I know I'm not supposed to be perfect, but I do want to be a heck of a lot better than I am right now. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right? I used to say like 50, 50 is not good enough. Like I do not want to be a good mom, 50% of the time and a terrible mom, 50% of the time. Like that's not jiving for me. Like that's not good enough. I need to be a good mom more than that. And so that's why when I started to believe that I am a good mom, like it's who I am a hundred percent. Like the 50, 50 mom is not helpful anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I am a good mom and I do some terrible stuff because I'm also a human. And so the grace is the, and that I'm in this mortal life to learn, develop, mature. like, and that has to come from opposition that you can't grow and ease all of those things. So when I remember that about myself and about my kids, like they are a hundred percent good. And they're also having a mortal experience. That's really hard. They have these big emotions. I don't know what to do with. So do I, we're all just a big mess, but it's not like I'm 50% mess, 50% good. Like I am a 10 out of 10 mom. And I do a bunch of crap (laughs) that I I can. I
1: think it's powerful to also recognize. I don't think 50, 50 means you're horrible half the time. But it, I, so there's opposition in all things. And I believe that's the eternal truth behind the 50, yeah. 50 principle. And when I think opposition in all things, I believe how we experience it will be 50, 50. So half the time we're going to feel upset and angry and mad, but that doesn't mean we have to stay in that place, but we can, we can process that emotion, learn from it. And on the other side of it, grow but even though we feel anger, we don't have to become angry. Yeah. And even though we feel overwhelmed, we don't have to become overwhelmed.
0: Exactly. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Through, through that processing, then we can be a ten out of ten mom until we're not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Give us grace well, for the
1: times, but.
0: Yeah. Because the way I look at it is that like saying I'm a 10 out of 10 mom doesn't mean I'm perfect. Of course, that's not the goal. It doesn't even mean that I'm good. Like when I say I'm a good mom, it doesn't mean that I do good things all the time. It doesn't mean that I feel good all the time. Who I am has nothing to do with how I feel or what I'm doing. It just is who I am. And so like you just said, like, if I'm like, I'm so angry, that's an I am statement. And Mm -hmm. anger is not a thing, except for the Mm -hmm. little red guy and inside out, you know, like where it's like personified. And that's what I always think of when I say like, I'm angry. I'm not that dude. Like I'm me and I'm feeling a feeling. So I try to remember and I try to use it with my kids too. Yeah. You're feeling frustrated right now. I'm feeling frustrated right now to not take it on as an identity. It's just a feeling it comes and it goes and it doesn't, you know, have any bearing on who I actually am. And same with my actions, because that's the thing that keeps people from believing they're a 10 out of 10 mom is, you know, like I say, on a scale of one to 10, are you a good mom Mm -hmm. today? (laughs) You know, and it, and it varies from moment to moment because of our actions. Sometimes our feelings, but it's usually our actions that people are like, well, I yelled at my kid this morning. It was a really rough day getting out the door or whatever, you know, doesn't matter. Like you are who you are and you do what you do is mm-hmm. you're human and that's that grace part yeah for us for our kids for our neighbors for everyone it's like once you just drop the judgment of yourself you drop it for everyone and give that grace yeah. to it's awesome and then and then
1: everything looks better in that your whole entire life because you're looking to through the lenses lens of grace off. not judgment yeah right i think mean, that's such a powerful concept feelings versus identity yeah your identity is not your feelings. And we're meant to have an ex- a human experience that covers the gamut of all human emotion. And, that, that, and that's why we're here. Uh, and I think it's powerful to know that we really aren't meant to do it alone and, and Christ is there. And as we process our emotion and even just naming it, mm-hmm. uh, one tool that I have found really powerful for processing is I say, name it to tame it, feel it to heal it. Mm-hmm. and Once we give it a name, we're freaking out. We're like, Oh, I feel frustrated. Then all of a sudden it's not that big of a deal. You, you've identified it. You have leverage over it. And then you're not acting out of frustration. You can just be frustrated for a minute and then decide on purpose where you want to go from there. And that, that moment
0: of reflection and just being present is powerful to shift. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people will say, Well, I don't have time to feel my feelings. I'm like trying to get the kids out the door or whatever. Like, it's not some big process that you have to like get a coach on the line and walk you through. It's literally take a breath, (laughs) like breathe that feeling through your body Cause your head is thinking things like, we got to get out the door. These guys never cooperate. Why is nobody listening to me? I told you to get your backpack 45 times. Like these thoughts are spinning and every thought is like producing an emotion through your body. And then you're resisting it. Cause you're like, I don't have time to feel feelings. I got to get these kids out the door. And that's why we're so frazzled. So literally if we can just remember to breathe, like you can breathe while you're helping them get their backpack. And, um, and then that breathing like helps the feeling process through your body. And sometimes like when those thoughts are running really fast and I'm just like built up that I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom and like process some feelings here. So sometimes it's like, I need to get away from all the stimulus to like get it through. But a lot of times it's happening at the same time. And I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have about processing feelings that it's like some big thing you have to do, but you can do it while you're doing all the other things and you need to, because they just, they just stuff like you stuff, all your feelings down, then they're going (laughs) to explode, especially by bedtime. (laughs) You've been stuffing all day. Your prefrontal cortex is offline. All the kids is never even had one developed yet. And it's just a big mess of bedtime. And then it's like, Oh, great. And in a couple hours, I have to wake you up and start all over again. Right. And so really just the, just, I love I love your cute little phrase, feel it to heal it, name, <laughs> name it, it to tame, tame it, it and feel, feel it to heal, heal it. it. That's so good.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you something that, that I've found now that my kids are, I have one in college and I can look back during this time in my life. I operated from a couple, I call them ants, automatic negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And they landed me in really low frequency emotions, mm-hmm. emotions that were not, that were like diesel in my four-wheeler. Uh, one of them was overwhelmed. And my aunt, my automatic negative thought that I thought probably a hundred times a day was, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah.
0: <laughs> every time
1: I would think that aunt, I would land in overwhelm and frustration and I would act out in a way that wasn't, that wasn't helpful because CTFAR is a universal truth. It is incontrovertible. It happens every time. So when I was able to take a step back, cause in the moment, you're right. Yeah. So much is happening, it just gets so big. A breath helps, but after the fact, I can look back and be like, "What emotions am I operating from in my life right now? Mm-hmm. And are they serving me?" and And recognize, okay, I'm operating from overwhelm and frustration, probably seventy percent of the time, and that's not okay with me. So, what is that automatic negative thought that I am thinking over and over, repeatedly, landing me in the overwhelm and frustration? And once I I identified it's, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Mm-hmm. It's like I tagged that thought mm-hmm. and when it would show up, I'd be like, Oh, I see you. I see you. You little aunt. I'm going to stomp on you. Nice. And I decided instead I want to operate from my top five are love, faith, gratitude, grace, and abundance. And one thing that puts me in faith is um, I'm the perfect mom for this yeah. and nothing has gone wrong here. Mm-hmm. And that lands me in faith every time. So instead of, are you freaking kidding me? Now it's, I'm the perfect mom for this and nothing has gone wrong here. Yeah, And every time that lands me in faith and confidence and, and it shifts the whole thing in the moment, but that work has to happen outside of it. And then. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. So I always say that in the heat of the moment, you just feel the feelings and then later you can look back and what was I thinking and do kind of some of that thought work and find, you know, replacement thoughts for them. One of the things that I use because I need like something really simple. I'm like, what was that thought I came up with? I can't remember. So that happened. <laughs> that's, a, that's one that keeps me it. in acceptance that I'm not like yeah. fighting against reality and getting really frustrated, right? Yeah, I love so that that happened. You know, or he just did that. You know, or even I just did that. You know, that happened. Like I did that, but yeah. it's resisting against what I just did. That spins me into this shame cycle, you know, like, yeah, I did that. And I'm a human and I'm doing the best I can. And actually I hate the phrase and I'm doing like, I just am, I'm just doing, I'm just trying like, and I'm a human and whatever that happened. And now what, you know, yeah. And even in the heat of the moment, I can remember that one sometimes, like when right. kids are spilling cereal everywhere or whatever. Yeah, that happened instead of like, why are you always spilling cereal everywhere? How come you can't follow a simple rule to keep the food in the kitchen? All the things. Yeah. Clearly, I still think those ants all the time. I love your visual. I'm going to stomp my ants. I have lots of them.
1: <laughs> well, and I'll tell you something else that just kind of came to me while you were speaking that I have found that expectations are really, really awful. Yeah. Yeah. There's a quote that I love and it says, can you live with a hundred percent commitment and zero expectation? And I love that because when I expect my kids to clean their room and come to morning prayer and scripture with a happy attitude and I expect these great things and I have in my mind how this perfect family is supposed to work and my expectations are hardly ever met. And when I make that mean, I'm a bad mom, or I make that mean my kids aren't showing up right. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't serve anyone. But if I can live with a hundred percent commitment, I am committed to owning myself, how I show up every day. And I hope, I hope that they come, you know, to in the morning with a happy attitude. I hope that they clean their room, but if I can drop the expectation, then I can drop the judgment and I can land in more of a place of grace and acceptance.
0: Yeah. Totally. That's my first assignment I give clients every time is to write out that list because it's running in our head. We have a really long list of expectations of ourselves. And once we can see it, and we're like, whoa, no wonder I'm in overwhelm all the time. No wonder I'm so frustrated because the space between expectation and reality is frustration.
1: <laughs> like exactly. when expectation
0: is not happening, that's why we're so frustrated all the time. That means that there's some subconscious programming in there of an expectation of yourself, actually. Mm-hmm. It's not even the expectations of the kids that we start with. We start with. Like I expect that I'm going to be committed. Like even that, when I was listening to you say that, I'm like, "Mm, I would have put that right. (laughs) Like I would have used that against myself, (laughs) but now I expect myself to be committed instead of have expected, (laughs) you know, like our brains are so funny. Right.
1: But to me, it's just that I am, I am hundred percent committed to showing up in alignment with my most divine self Mm -hmm. and I don't do it every day, but I'm committed to it, which means if I fail, I give myself grace and I stand back up and I keep trying every day yeah, i'm I'm committed. I'm persistent,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so fun. And that's um shows the difference that happens once you believe a thought. Like for me, the it's just a thought that Candace came up with, so it doesn't really like. It's not like in my soul, you know, it's right. like, yeah, wait, what was I supposed to be instead of frustrated or instead of what expectations? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait, what? Oh, committed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm committed, but you really are, you know? And so yeah. that's the process that I go through with my clients is to really believe that we are a good mom, because like you said, that brain has been telling us every little thing means we're a terrible mom. I don't know why that's the word that people use so much. Right. <laughs> like there's good and bad, but people use terrible a lot. And, um, And so really, really like believing it, not just like, yeah, yeah. I hear Emily talk about this all the time, but Mm -hmm. like ingraining it in our own soul. Yeah. It's a process to go from your
1: head to your heart, to your bones. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's what we want. We want to get it in our bones.
0: It's just who we are and it, and it takes some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some coaching. So tell people how they can find you because I'm sure everyone's in love with you now. <laughs>
1: oh, you're darling. Thank you. I have a website, CandaceNoss.com, Candace Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. C N D I C E N O S I. I love it. Um, I am the Design for Greatness podcast now on Apple Podcasts. And I am on Facebook, Candace Christiansen Noss, and on Instagram, Candace Noss. And I noscandice at gmail is my email. I'd love to love to talk to anybody. I feel really passionate about helping women step into who they really are and step up to their purpose in this world.
0: So good. Cause seriously, like there's a work to be done and we don't have time anymore to be dinking around in self-pity and shame and all the things like, let's get this world prepared for the second coming. And we are all designed for greatness.
1: We have that within us. We just have to activate it by believing in us and by, by receiving,
0: yeah. yeah. For
1: me, it's all about a mind firmly aligned, a body purposefully loved and a spirit powerfully accessed. And once we do that, we activate our divine greatness and we are able to really live into our mission and purpose, which for women, a lot of it is to be
0: an incredible mom. Yeah. Which, believe it. Yeah, to actually believe it. All right, cool. Thank you, Candace, so much. Yes. Thank you,
1: Emily. I love it. I appreciate you so much. Love okay. the work you're doing. Oh, thank you. Dido.